Hello there, and welcome to episode 26 of the Holocron Chronicles. My name is Mark, aka the Canardian, and I'm joined, as always, for a year now by my amazing co-host, Charlie Carden. Charlie, how are you doing tonight? It's in the hole! I'm, I'm very excited. I cannot believe that we've been knocking this stuff out for over a year. This was the show that took uh, our secret friends' uh, little conglomeration to a network of four shows. Just Mark and I talking about uh, Love and Star Wars. We kicked it off. I talked about The Mandalorian, which we hope to do again someday when that show comes back. But uh, we are excited to finally get some new content again here in the next month uh, with the Book of Boba Fett. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, we have, we've we been talking about the films. And so it's totally awesome. I love it. Yeah, I've been loving this recap. And for today's episode of Attack of the Clones, we have a returning guest, a very special guest, Abby, a.k.a. Kid Sidious. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Great. Great. Yeah. Super excited. Surviving the crud is Abby yeah. and I were talking in the pre-roll that we're like, <laughs> I mean, it's just crud it's, buddies. It's, it's, it's crud season no matter where you it are, is. whether you're. Whether you you live in you know Atlantis like Mark does, or I'm here in Mitten <laughs> in Michigan, and Abby's even out there in Arizona, where you know I thought the magical weather was supposed to you know be the rivers of milk and honey, and nobody ever got mm-hmm. sick. But you know, since that's not real, uh, <laughs> we're, we're all sick in one way or the other. Yeah, yep. you said that as I literally muted my mic so I could cough. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, we're- we're we're gonna get through this, but uh, we there may be a couple of uh, stutters along the way. But like yeah. I said, it this this is our year anniversary episode. So we launched the show on December second, but we do bi-weekly, so we won't be doing an episode for that week. So really, this is dropping on November twenty fourth. That means we're a week away basically from from the actual anniversary but uh you know 20 26 episodes that's that's pretty great and we've had uh we've had some amazing guests some a uh, whole lot of fun star wars discussions and the show has taken some twists and turns and uh changes along the way but i'm, I'm really happy with where we were we've landed charlie yeah i mean we teed we the, show. the show how are you feeling I was going to say, I teed the show off with, I was, I was kind of bootlegging a concept uh, from another, um, another, po- another content creator who had a canon update. It's like, well, this is all the stories that happened in the last month. And Mark and I started like, let's do this once a month and we'll do the same thing. Well, we quickly figured out that we didn't really care about all of the content that came out. It was just, it was not, we weren't going to so read. hard to keep up with. We weren't going to read five comic books and two novels and blah, blah. we were just like, you know, like, dude, let's, let's just, let's be original. Let's, let's, let's have a topic. Uh, and Mark far beyond my skills and certainly beyond anything I, I think I'd ever be able to accomplish is the master of Twitter. I suck at Twitter. Mark is like, I'm the Twitter guy. I know people in every corner of the world. Plus the, you know, the 17 galaxies, I will find his guests. And he always comes back with, was something amazing, and Abby. I think you might be one of our first repeating guests, which is awesome. Ooh, but I'm Mark honored. is Mark is firing out there, finding people here and there and everywhere. And uh, this is—he's driving the bus. I am <laughs> much like with over on Secret Friends. I am just the clown. You know, I let Oxford do his thing, and I'm like, dee, dee, dee. we're over on my show on on the Star Trek show, Code Forty Seven. I have to sort of be in charge, I guess. Um, but I'm I'm happy to be. You know, kind of the the the, the sideman uh, to such a talented guy. Mark is Mark is the dude. He makes this happen. So you you say that like I I know people on Twitter, 
like I actually know people. But literally, how this show happens for for anyone listening that wants to be part of this show, Abby's a testament to this right now because it was literally an offhanded comment on Twitter of like, "Hey, if you want someone to talk about clones, like hit me up." And I was like. (laughs) DMs, let's go. Uh, and done. Literally set up like 30 seconds later. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. that's like how this show operates is I see no. someone on like Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or something that's spinning a lightsaber around. And I'm just like, hey, you want to talk Star Wars for an hour? Like, I mean, I would stand up and I would stand up and show you my ass, but it's by the seat of your pants. But you don't need yeah. to say that. That's it. This is it. That is exactly how this show works. And like, for every five people I reach out to, maybe one is like, "Okay, cool," and we get guests <laughs> like, you know, but like, oh, that is that's, true. That's you know how this works. Mark works in marketing. I'm a sales guy. This is a hybrid of the two. It's it's just all attrition. It's like if I ask ten people a half a person might be interested. So you just keep asking. You just keep asking. That's you know? it. That's it. But then, yeah. you know, hopefully we have guests that want to return like Abby. Right. So, uh, so Abby, you were on uh, episode 21. So that was only a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. But how, how's, how have things been since then? Not much has changed. I still work nine to five in tech support and want to cry a lot about it. And that's about it. my my wife works in uh, software QA and had a shitty oh, day, so it's like yeah. I totally feel you. She comes out, she's like, "Hate my job some days because so and so did this thing and that thing, and then their team wasn't ready for this and that." And I'm like, Ugh. "Yeah." And she it's- is literally she's upstairs three nights a week. Uh, she is taking. A uh, three-hour class, three nights a week. Oh to, uh, gosh! To, beca- to become a software developer, so I'm super, see, I'm super I'm about to like start doing that as well, and I'm just like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare because I'm going to be trying to tell boomers over the phone how to open a new tab on the computer, and I'm going to come home and just like, you know smash my face into the keyboard learning how to code so it's gonna be it, a that's what great time it, and it has been interesting but she she's a fucking champ she's killing that's it. awesome so i just i'm i'm very proud i'm very very proud that is uh that is great on the uh the content side he's keeping up with uh i i know you 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 knock stuff out on on tiktok so quickly and so much <laughs> that it's hard to keep up uh every time i go on you're you're like the top of the for you page of like hey this per you know she's she's oh. added something new so watch this and then i scroll down too and it's like another new video so like how, oh, how are you well, finding keeping up with all that know. stuff yeah uh i see my kind of I don't really have any rhyme or reason for the videos I make. I just hear a sound and I'm like, you know what that sounds like to me? Something completely unrelated, but I'm going to make it Star Wars. So I try and keep up with like the content and stuff, but um, it's very off the cuff most of the time. Everything can be Star Wars if you try hard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I love it. I love it. it. Well, if anyone's not following you, uh, you're KidSidious underscore, I think, everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everywhere. All platforms. We'll share that again. It'll be in the show notes. But uh, if anyone's not following, make sure you do. Because, yeah, you're you're incredibly active. It's it's amazing. Um, like I'm, I'm trying like a daily appreciation post and I haven't done today's yet. And I've got like two hours left of the day and and I'm like, I gotta get this done. And, and you're like sitting here knocking out six friggin' TikToks and like Twittering up a storm. And it's amazing. I see Twitter is, is different because I just go there. I, I, it's very much like a a diary of ADHD of like, what is the thought this moment? And then 30 seconds later, it's like on a completely unrelated note, here's this. 
I get that, but I appreciate it. It, uh, yeah, it definitely I appreciate keeps me, you appreciating keeps, it. Keeps me occupied, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so let's let's jump right in. We've got a ton of news today, yeah. which is weird because it's been kind of slow. And that's you know we've been doing this rewatch project, and that's been great because it's given us something to talk about when there's been a slow news week or a couple of weeks or month or two or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Holy yeah, crap, Star- there's a lot of yeah. stuff now. Star Wars is not, you know, like any other kind of, kind of geek media. And I get, I know, I, I know I drill down the Star Trek stuff and it's not like there's always news there, but there's always, if it's Marvel, there's always something or there it is. But yeah, with, with Star Wars, with the, how spread out the productions are. And again, we're looking at no movies now, which I'm super not happy about. But yeah, we got some great. We at least got some great news here because this yeah. is, uh, yeah, this is um, some news about the Ahsoka show. Which again, I don't know. Think this article will expound. I don't. I don't know if we expect to see this in 2022. But we have an actress that I'm completely unfamiliar with, Natasha. Uh, Lou Bordizzo, that's a hell mm-hmm. of a name, uh, yeah. was cast to play Sabine Wren in Disney Plus's Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in uh, other productions of The Society, Most Dangerous Game, and Guns, Guns Akimbo. Haven't seen any of them. You guys? Mm-mm. No. Anything? Okay. No. So to me, that means she's a, a complete unknown. Yeah, uh, cast uh, to, to, to star opposite uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano in the Mandalorian spinoff series. Um, that's great. I mean, just, I mean, all we have to go on right now is that we see a picture of her face and bingo. I mean, I've I seen a we, lot I of fan art. It. Yeah. I've seen a lot of like taking her face and adding the Sabine kind of like crazy hairstyles or like putting them in, putting her in, in Sabine's armor. So like she looks good as mm-hmm. in fan art kind of thing, but I, I can't wait to see <laughs> some actual production stuff. There is a, a bit at the bottom of the article that I shared here. Yeah. Um, the production is tentatively expected to start in March, 2022. I'm guessing we won't see this until probably the same time a year past yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that, that's been my experience because, yeah. again, Book of Boba, you know, we saw the end of Mandalorian, I think, prior to the holidays last year. Mm-hmm. And it said at the time, Book of Boba Fett, December 2021, which is where we are, almost are we, where we are right now. So I think it's it's a foregone conclusion that production window on any of these things is is basically 12 months yeah so and and, and it's okay because you know we'll all still be here it'll be fine (laughs) it'll be great uh abby how do you feel about that kind of rollout do you do you want to see this sooner are you excited for book of boba fett what do you feel i'm i'm really excited for book of boba fett obviously extremely excited for kenobi even though we don't really have any idea when that's coming out but um I was never previously like a huge like Boba Fett fan. I didn't dislike the character. It just wasn't like kind of at the forefront of things that I was like, oh, I really love this. But um, the more I've kind of learned about just like Mandalorians in general and loving the Mandalorian so much, I am now really, really excited. And I love Tim Morrison. I'm so glad he's back. So I'm just like... I'm geeking out about it a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, I'm i really excited for, well, for Book of Boba Fett, uh, Obi-Wan, and then to get back to the the Mandalorian, like the proper, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that they start to do a two show per year, like these live action yeah. shows. So if we do Book right. of Boba Fett December, this fall, whatever, uh, mm. I'm hoping that Obi-Wan drops spring, summer. 
That's what I'm really, really hoping. <laughs> it would it would be great, but again, you know, you're transitioning Star Wars from. It's funny because they're transitioning from a movie format of which currently mm-hmm. th- there is nothing. Which again, Mark, you and I are still feeling the loss of the fact that Rogue Squadron, the film, is is yeah. currently not happening. Um, but again, hearkening it back to Star Trek, you know, it, that's been back around again for almost five years since 2017, after having been dormant for almost a decade. And it's taken it this long to get to the point where there are other shows happening besides Star Trek Discovery, which was the thing that brought it back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Star Trek Discovery just started up again, but just prior to that, there was a... Uh, uh, kind of a young adult themed program called Prodigy, which is taking a break to give Discovery some 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 breathing room, and then it'll come back again. But again, it took almost five years for it to ramp up. So you mm-hmm. got to think about the Mandalorian's been around since 2019. So mm-hmm. it, at, at that same pace, they may have two or three years before you can have two shows going concurrently in a year because the mm-hmm. production time frame of each one of these programs both production and, and design and all this different stuff is so long that it's going it, to it, there's definitely going to be a catch-up period so yeah um yeah. yeah i mean but as we as we all know it will be worth it because the the television content that we've seen uh, from star wars certainly in live action though i was not crazy about about Star Wars Vision, so a lot of people were. Um, but I'm just, I'm gonzo about the Mandalorian. I probably watched the series through maybe somewhere between five and ten times because I love it so much. Uh, it has been, it, it has been absolutely phenomenal. And I and I feel like the book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka will, will kind of deliver the same stuff. And we've got Andor thrown in there as well. And mm-hmm. at some point they're going to start producing and, and developing and hopefully announcing a little bit more of the Acolyte. So, yeah. I mean, there, there are some things in development that we could start to see over the next two or three years and, and hopefully have a quicker rollout than like once a year in the case of Mandalorian, like a whole potentially year break in between uh, or like, you know, a two year gap because of the book of Boba Fett's timing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hope we kind of start to see a faster rollout, but I'm, I'm very excited that we see uh, Sabine Wren live action. Yeah. I'm guessing that means I'm hoping that means Ezra live oh action God, coming I soon so. uh the rumors were uh Men- Menemasud, uh aladdin yeah yeah uh i don't know his name i think that sounds right i feel really bad but i know his face yes. um i think he would be a great ezra fantastic mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so yeah and, and right on par with the character so uh, mm-hmm. You know what? I didn't really review much of this next story, but uh, it sounds like you didn't have a lot of jazz about, a lot of jam about it. Mark, what do you think? Talk <laughs> so, so D twenty three happened. Uh, they didn't do a lot of Star Wars stuff, but they did show off a little bit from the Galactic Cruiser uh, at Disney World, and uh, they showed off in particular a little bit of like the ship that you're going to go on, and talked about some of the things that you're going to be able to buy, uh, replica. Um, clothing and that kind of stuff. But the thing that interested me the most is the real lightsaber. That's the extending lightsaber that we saw a few months ago that Mm -hmm. you press the button and it comes out like a real quote unquote, real lightsaber. Um, They also showed off a little bit of the lightsaber training, which is kind of cool, I guess uh, in theory, you know, it's, it's kind of like the theory. The, uh, the the lightsaber training with a little floating orb 
that you know you block the lasers or whatever like Luke does in in A New Hope. Uh, except in this, you're not blindfolded, and it's not a drone shooting lasers at you. It's uh, something in the wall, and basically how it works, it's it's. I don't really know what I expected, but like you see a laser shoot, and then you move the lightsaber into that laser field, and it looks like it kind of gets a little more intense. So it started off, and I was just like, really, this is it. Like, <laughs> the guy's just kind of like slowly, kind of like moving the lightsaber left and right, and interacting with these like beams of light that are coming out of the wall, and it's like, all right, cool. But it does look <laughs> like it gets a little faster. So like, I'm hoping for some like beat saber kind of level of like just waving this thing around, uh, and I'm hoping it's a little bit more badass. Uh, did you guys get to see? Any have you guys seen any of this or like have any expected expectations for the Galactic Cruiser? Uh, I did get to see some of it. Um, I watched some of the videos and I read some articles and stuff. And I have to say, I, I appreciate the Beat Saber reference because immediately when I saw it, I was like, I want to be like getting a workout in and like sweating, yeah, right. you know? <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy that? You, know, you feel like right? you're accomplishing something. Yeah, seriously. I'm burning some calories there. But yeah. I don't know. I'm really, I don't have any set expectations for the star cruiser. I think once people get to start experiencing it outside of the lens of like, we're Disney and we're giving it to you, um, we'll have a better idea of how it goes. Mm. Also that the extending lightsaber, this was a grown man holding it. And it, with all the technology to make it extend, it was like, he was, it was huge. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, (laughs) Girthy, I, may I say. I'm not <laughs> fucking touching that. You just keep, you go right ahead. It it does and that's that's why I said like in the in the show notes I have it looks flimsy as hell. It's mm-hmm. it's um it's awkward like the handle yeah. the grip is is like awkwardly big but also like if you notice in the video he's kind of holding it very straight and he's very yeah, rigid he's like... when he's holding it because the the patent that describes like how this works basically has it like it's uh it it extends like a measuring tape if you've ever Mm -hmm. held a measuring tape you can hold it up and it kind of stays up but the second you move it a little bit too far like that thing's gonna just collapse on itself yeah it's floppity yeah it's floppity go go try that with a measuring tape if you don't know what i'm talking about and then come back and keep listening (laughs) but like it, it just spots yeah, exactly. right here. Yeah. yeah. Well, is it real real science experiments? Exactly. Oh, uh the interactive portion of the show. Uh yes, <laughs> so it's it seems and they, they they've announced that they will not be selling this to fans. This is kind of like a prop thing just for it, it seems like this is gonna be like a cool thing for a show. Like Ray's gonna come out, she's gonna ignite her lightsaber. You know, she's going to hold it upright and not do hold anything it upright, awkwardly and stiff. Chewie's going to be like, Wah! and then they're going <laughs> to walk off stage and, yeah. the, you know, the, the fireworks are going to go off. Like, it seems like this is something that Disney Imagineers have created for a show, for a spectacle. If you want the replica lightsabers or build your own lightsabers, you can still do that. But this seems to be something that it's like the magic of watching a lightsaber extend and being like, Oh, they are real. You know, like, (laughs) yeah. So I I don't know if I'm disappointed by that or, or whatever. Um, Realistically, the galactic star cruiser is, is so crazily expensive that I, I will likely never step foot 
on right. there anyway. True, true. <laughs> Let alone want to be able to to buy a, a working replica lightsaber. But right. uh, you know, it's fun to look at this stuff anyway. I hear you. Um, I have a quick bite, and, sure. and this is this, this is me jumping in. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a figure collector. I enjoyed Star Wars: The Black Series, and Hasbro, who produces has produced Star Wars figures for many many years, uh, has in the last few years produced quote unquote their dream projects or, or their crowdfunded bits. Uh, they had their first failure, non Star Wars, a couple of years ago when they tried to produce Sesame Street's Cookie Monster. Did oh, not I remember meet- that. Did not meet the crowdfunding expectations and just kind of kind of died away. Well, for the first time, and this is this is a dramatic reversal. Uh, they're looking to to fail quite epically with Star Wars. Uh, when we had uh, basically uh, Hasbro will produce these fan first Fridays where ooh look at our big reveals, and they had their um, has Hasbro PulseCon three or four weeks ago. And they announced a couple of different things. They're like, we have two, we have three crowdfunding projects at once. We have the GI Joe Sky Striker, which if you enjoyed GI Joe as a kid as I did, um, you would love. And, and my wife was actually the one who wanted to fund it, so we did. We we put in for it, and although it's still not hit its goal. And if it doesn't hit its goal, it doesn't get produced. Okay. The second one, the second one was a full size replica of the Proton Pack from Ghostbusters. Boom! Immediately Ooh. funded. All set. Oh, I'm sure. All set. Um, the third I one just was that first, like the 1984. Uh, oh, that over the we weekend. did. We did, too. And we watched uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, which, have to we'll go see that. About, which we'll be talking about on Secret Friends Unite with a very special guest uh, in our next episode that we're taking a bye week because of the holidays. Uh, that'll be a fun episode, I promise. But at any rate, the third project was Star Wars related. and It was the first one for Star Wars, the Black Series, which is these six inch scale figures that. I have a pretty extensive collection of Mark. You've seen my collection and pictures of it anyway. Uh, I really cherish it, but uh, it's of the Rancor, 24 inches tall with a wingspan of the arms of about 45 to 47 inches, which is massive. However, when they dropped it on this PulseCon day, they presented an unpainted prototype. They did not have anything finished. They did not reveal any of the unlocked tiers. And the unlocked tier with a project like this is when when the number of commitments reach a certain level, a new offering is added at no additional expense. Okay. Uh, so they didn't have that at the time. They finally rolled those out pretty weekly. The first one was, uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure, a repackaged figure. Okay, which n- mm. nobody nobody cares about. The second one was, I, I, <laughs> I shit you not, a cardboard backdrop to go behind it. Nobody cared. The third one was, and I could be mixing up the tiers. The third one was a collection of small bones that would adorn the floor of where your rancor would stand. One of which was a tauntaun skull, which makes absolutely no sense to anyone who whoever has watched Return of the Jedi. Um, they did a fan first event where the marketing—I hate to say shills because that's that's not fair. People who are in marketing, like Mark, do their job, and they have to very enthusiastically promote the thing that that they're doing i believe they finally had a painted prototype uh they revealed that the other unlocks would be um previously issued figures including salacious crumb which was totally illogical because he was not part of the scene that the rancor was in uh and a repackaged uh jedi luke which i already have one this project was at, which was at about 5100 backers of the 9000 required has now fallen to under 4,700 backers. People have been backing oh, out. Wow. 
which is um, it's shocking to me. It's the first time that that has ever happened. So um, mm-hmm. I've been having a very hearty discussion with um, with two figure collecting buddies of mine, John Sear, who is the other original secret friend, and my friend Derek, who's local here to Grand Rapids. Um, and what an absolute travesty this is and kind of how all consumerism people speak with their wallets. And if you try to say, and plus the project is out 350 bucks, which is, is absurd. I, I would consider paying $200 for this with the unlocks intact. Cause I think mm-hmm. it would make something pretty spectacular, but as it is, I think this is going to be Hasbro's first huge star Wars failure. Wow. And it's, it, they have two weeks left and their numbers continue to fall. So I, I am on the edge of my seat chewing my popcorn, interested to see what's going to happen with this, without a doubt. You have to give us an update the next episode. Uh, Count on we'll it. Count yeah, on that, that's, I uh, am, I am absolutely, absolutely captivated. Hmm. Interesting. Um, there you go. Yeah. So the last bit of news, I think we're going out on a positive note rather than uh, than a failure. Uh, so I'm glad you stuck that in where you did, Charlie. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I thought it made sense. <laughs> always, my uh, my old man, who's a golfer, always says, always end on a good shot. Yes, so exactly. Go. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Kathleen Kennedy just did an interview with Empire. She mentioned how amazing it was for Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen to reunite on mm. the Obi-Wan show. And uh, that's I, I can't wait to see that. That's, that's going to be amazing. But the big piece that I want to take away from this is she mentioned the sequel characters. She mentioned that uh, they are not done with those characters. There are discussions right now with And here's the part that I want to stick on and ask you guys about. She said that the conversations are happening with the creative team to bring back these characters. So what do you guys think that means? You think this is scripting for shows, movies, some kind of continuation, or do you think she's talking to the creative team about like, Hey, how can we get a Ray Skywalker novel? How can we get a Finn and Jaina comic book? Oh Uh, man. What do you guys think? Like, is she being purposefully vague in case they can't get the actors? Or do you, do you think we're going to see these characters in other mediums and maybe like a, a clone wars? You know, we do need a new star Wars cartoon, is this the way? Is it going to be following Poe Dameron and the X-Wing squad uh, instead of a movie? Are we going to be getting Rogue Squadron, the the Clone Wars style TV show? Like, what's what what does this mean to you? And and are you excited to see these characters coming back? I mean, I would say without a doubt that Star Wars in the last certainly two years, because there have been no films and. With, with the exception of Rise of Skywalker, which people have very divisive thoughts about. Um, but The Mandalorian was such a smash hit that people are absolutely crazy about that it, that it is really right. I won't say righted the ship because that would seem to indicate that it was going in the wrong direction, which I don't agree with. Um, has really changed the, you know, the course of the wind by which Star Wars is driven. Um, it's more TV focused. Um, people do enjoy, people enjoy watching things from their couch because for a year we couldn't leave our houses, uh, for lack of a better term. So in a lot of ways we acclimated, you know, the culture changed. Uh, so people mm-hmm. enjoyed seeing things from their big screen TV and being able to have a pause to go have a pee break or whatever it is. And that's okay. So, and, and right now there are no Star Wars movies on the slate. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I would, I would agree that I would like to say, th- see things. I, I, I don't want to see things relegated 
to novels or necessarily cartoons because I think in a lot of ways it limits the audience. People enjoy live action. They enjoy seeing kind of that punch of it. So I'm of the opinion things that we see are going to be TV driven. That's that's kind of my vibe. But regardless, if it ends up being film driven, I think that would be amazing too. But I think I think TV widens the audience and in some ways limits the exposure if things don't work out because it's it's easier to pull the plug uh, on a TV show than on, than on a movie that doesn't work. So I don't know. I don't know, but I'm Very excited. Sure. Abby, how are you feeling about uh, all of this? What's the, what's the potential um, for you? Well. On the on the topic of like Kathleen, I think she's definitely like vague posting a little bit. They might not have a definitive like this is what we're gonna do, but right. I know that obviously the sequels are beloved by many people, not all, but many. And I think she wants to continue to give the sequel characters something. I would love to see TV shows on it. I would love, love, love to see. You know, I know we have Andor and and a couple other things, but I would love to see more of it because, you know, while they're not my favorites, I will consume any and all Star Wars that I am given. (laughs) Um, I also think comics and novels could be cool, but I definitely agree that, like, it's become so movie driven because of the pandemic. Like, we couldn't go to the movie theater. I I just went to the movie theater for the first time, like, a month ago, maybe, since the pandemic started. Um, and even then I'm just a little bit like, please don't sit near me. So, yeah, yeah that's, um, that's why I haven't seen Ghostbusters yet. I've been waiting at yeah. least giving it a two to three week buffer. So I saw, yeah. uh, Shang-Chi, I think two weeks after it was released and, mm-hmm. uh, Venom two, like three weeks to a month after it was out. And, and it was just like mm-hmm. talking to a friend of mine. He was like, did you see Venom? Yeah. I was like, nah, did you see Venom? No. Nah. Is there like two other people in the theater? Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's actually there. just like what we saw yeah. um, Friday night or Saturday night, one of very recently. But yeah. we just saw Venom because we're still, you know, we have to be so careful. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it really did kind of change the trajectory for the way that we're like given Star Wars. And I know, you know, we had some movies that like we maybe don't have now, or it's very like it's either up in the air or definitively not going to happen. Not sure, but. Um, I would like to see more. I, I think she's being vague on purpose, though, you know. Yeah. Always. Yeah, that, 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 that is the <laughs> definition of marketing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yes. I think, v- I think garner interest. Vagary. Yes, exactly. We've heard such mixed things from from some of the stars of mm-hmm. the sequels where, uh, you know, I, I some of them have said, like, I'll never return. Some of them have said, like, I'll return for the right project, but it has to be handled. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, if we're going to get a Finn story, you can be damn sure it's going to happen, right? Just because John mm-hmm. Boyega has, like, clearly said, like, here's the only way I would return. Yeah. And, you know, so so I think, yeah, I think she has to be vague right now until you have actors on board with a solid script and a, a solid plan. And uh, I just, I just hope they they knock some stuff out. But I, I honestly, for me, I love the TV series route, whether it's live action or like more live action with these characters, the same actors, or mm-hmm. or even something animated like the the Clone Wars. To me, and I know we're going to be talking about Attack of the Clones, but that movie for me is fleshed out so much more with the Clone Wars TV show oh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, if you watch like even 
some of the Clone Wars, like a, a season, a couple of you know episodes in season one or the movie or something, and then the final season leading right into Revenge. Like it just adds so much, and it you feel it so much more. Yeah. It so so for me, if if they can do that with another cartoon for the sequels, like whether it happens in between a couple of the movies or it happens afterwards, like. I think there's a whole lot there to uh, to jump in on and, and to to dive in on and, and expand on some of these characters that we felt didn't get enough screen time or we felt didn't get fleshed out enough or whatever. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. But let's uh, let's stop with the news there and jump into Attack of the Clones. So Abby, you jumped on right away as soon as we were talking about Attack of the Clones. You wanted yes. to be part of this episode. So I'm going to start with you. Where does this film fit in to your Star Wars rankings? Well, I mean, the prequels and like the Clone Wars show are like my bread and butter. It's what I grew up on. I think when I was originally on my first episode with you guys, I said it was in my top three. And that could change depending on the mood, you know, like it's Empire fluid. is always up there. The prequels very are fluid. always up there. Yeah, it's very fluid, but it's it's definitely in my top three. And I think it's kind of underappreciated and ragged on a lot for the... Um, the scripting, which I totally get. George Lucas is a world builder, not mm. a dialogue writer. Mm. And I can, I can Ouch. appreciate, yeah, I can appreciate the critiques on it because there are some lines that even still, like I watched it today and I just go, Oh, that's, ow, that's cheesy. Yeah. But, um, horrible, horrible. Yeah. It's, it's not great, but it's, it's kind of like great in its badness to me anyways. Um, <laughs> You so know. bad it's so bad it's good exactly exactly so yeah. cheesy but just so great um so it's definitely in my top three for sure it's it, right. it will always be one of my favorites nostalgia whatever whatever you want to call it but i do i do enjoy it a lot excellent charlie where's this you know, one sit for you uh this came out at a weird point in my life because it was it was 2002 <gasps> Uh, I, I was a full-fledged adult, uh, but I had actually gone through a divorce, so I was on my own, which was weird. And I remember this was one of those movies that on a Saturday when I had nothing to do, I would just go see it. And I think that that happened four or five times because at the time, I was so enamored with the the world building that they employed. The course on at nighttime, mm. uh, the, the rains of Camino, the, the plains of Geonosis and all the. It's funny, I was talking about this with my my pal John Sear, who I mentioned earlier in the show, that, that that whole last segment of it is just CGI porn. It's just so very early 2000s. It looks like the Matrix, you know, all the <laughs> going on. Um, but I, this is one of those that of the time, and again, I was an adult, you know, I mean, I was an adult, I was divorced, I had a kid, you know, so I, there, there was so much less like, uh, you know, I, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There was so much less you know, goggles of childhood looking at it, mm -hmm. um, that, that I was looking at it a little bit more critically. And I was like, my God, I love this, this, and this, but who the hell wrote and directed this? This is the worst scripting I've ever, I mean, even you have fantastic actors, Samuel L. Jackson, Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor, who are all Oscar winners or Oscar nominees or contenders. 
who are who are chewing their way through George Lucas style dialogue um, <laughs> that you're like, well, he managed to make the original trilogy. Why is this so bad? Uh, I don't know that there's really an answer to that. But but That's again, fair. for the for, for the time and for the much like when we were talking about episode one, when we get to the Duel of Fates, for example, mm-hmm. it's about vignettes of greatness mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. is how I conceptualize this film because when you put it all together. It's not for me, but when you look at, um, you know, my favorite scene, which I'll talk about in a minute, or, you know, the majesty of Coruscant at night and the traffic and the this and the that. But if you can simply mute, you know, I, I would almost think that if you could watch this film on mute, there would be more value to it because <laughs> you wouldn't have to hear them talking because it's just it's that horrible to hear. So. Oh. To me, it falls apart at the uh, it's mostly like the romance stuff, like the the. Mm. There, there's still some, I, you know, some some dialogue bits that are like, eh, whatever. But, but for for me, it's it's the the part like, you know, Anakin kind of stumbling his way through, like, you know, you've grown more beautiful. I mean, for a senator, I mean, like, <laughs> it's like, oh wow, I think I was so Charlie, you were talking, come I, on now, you, you were going through a divorce. I think I was 17 when this came out, maybe so 2002, you know, I hope I you was didn't, in middle I, school. I, middle school. I hope you didn't. Oh my God, children. <laughs> I hope you didn't try to roll some of those lines out on Loren or any other girl. That, that, you know time. what? That's what I was thinking. Watching this today. I was just like watching. I was like, wow, that like, I am very happy that I didn't, I don't think I tried these lines on anyone, but like, <gasps> For me to be married now, if that's the inspiration that I was I was uh, gathering from, like, whew, I mean, I for sure was dating. Me, I guess I don't know. Was dating probably two or three people at that time because you know, yeah. when you're when you're newly divorced, that's kind of what you do. Um, but I, I don't know that I pulled any part of Attack of the Clones into my rap, <laughs> as it were, because that would not have resulted in you know. Uh, I'm sure I dropped the, a few the acceptable outcome. Let's just say, yeah, let's say, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's, let's talk no matter where this fits in. Oh, so for, for, for me, um, I, I usually put this one like above, definitely above Phantom Menace. Uh, I, Mm I, like you said, Charlie, there are some bits of greatness in this and we, we start to see. So, like I said, I rewatched this today and it, it took me a couple of, bits to watch it. Cause I was watching it in the morning and then it came home at lunch and then finished it kind of after work. So I was watching it in bits, right. but watching it like that, I was able to pick out some of those bits of greatness in the first 20 minutes of this. Um, they establish so much about what's going on. And I, I mm-hmm. love it for that because last time we talked about how important, uh, the, the fight was the duel of the fates. We, we talked right. about that. And, in this, in the first 20 minutes, we see Obi-Wan yeet himself headfirst out of a friggin' window and grab onto that droid. And then... Yeet himself. Oh, you, like, you, you kids. <laughs> five minutes later, we see Anakin just, like, decide to moonwalk his way out of the friggin' speeder 6,000 feet up in the air. And Obi-Wan's like, I hate when he does that. And it's like, you just <laughs> threw yourself out a goddamn window. Literally. Yeah, right. Obi-Wan, you must remain and- calm. <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, Kenobi is just like, you know what? No. So Swan dive. He's an absolute Phil Collins. Do as I say, don't do as I do. Mm-hmm. What was that? Jesus, he knows me. If you if you enjoyed Genesis, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But 
but so watching that, like in the elevator, you get the, you, for me now, after watching Thor Ragnarok, cause we just did a full like, uh, MCU rewatch too. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, these two idiots definitely tried to get help at one point. Like, and, and that establishes it for me of like, this is what duel of the fates was about. Like these two are brothers. They're like egging each other on oh, and you right. start to see by the time they hit the bar or the, the, the club that they go into chasing this bounty hunter, you start to see that Obi-Wan come in of like, Oh no, no, no. I got to calm down. I'm pushing Anakin into being reckless. I have to like calm myself down, center myself. Here's Qui-Gon talking through me of like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. calm for a second, mm-hmm. sit down. I'm going to go get a drink because I need to calm myself. So I'm not pushing you. And Anakin's just like, I'm going to go be reckless. Like <laughs> that's the kind of shit that like duel of the fates was about. So in the first 20 minutes of this movie, we see exactly what happened and why that fight was important. And I, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful because of that. Like you, you watch the rest of this movie for what you would, but the first 20, 25 minutes, like a hundred percent establishes that Obi-Wan was a brother, not a father. And Anakin needed a father. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's very mm-hmm. true. It's kind of one of these, you know, the old adage. And again, Mark, you appreciate this is the, the father to a son though. Your son is very young that a boy needs a strong hand. Always, you'll find this true as older, because having three sons myself and varying levels of success of kind of how I've raised them. Um, but yeah, you, you can't that that fought, that you know being your best buddy shit has to wait past eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have there a a a boy, a, and again I don't have a daughter. I have a stepdaughter, but she was grown when I became when you know, I became her stepfather. Um, but a son. And again, I raised my stepson, so there's no, so I have four. So really, I do understand the concept. Requires a very steady hand because the male gene is wily, you know. And you gotta <laughs> gotta gotta keep a hand on those reins as a parent. Mark, you will see because your son is a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. You, oh boy, you're gonna have to. Trust me, <laughs> that shit, that shit gets off the chain. So uh, you're gonna, yeah. he's you're gonna already, have to keep I'm, your hands I'm, on I'm it. I'm watching him push limits all the time. He's climbing things, and he'll look over at me like, "I'm gonna jump off this," and I'm like, "Don't do it." And he's like, "Trust watch me." me. In another six <laughs> months, fun. it'll be. Oh, I'm gonna jump off this. Yeah, that's that's kind of the eyes that he's giving me now. It's just fucking like, yeah. Kona, especially yeah. with us Irish Scots tripe. Yeah. We got a lot of, we got be, a lot of attitude, so it's going to be it. fun. Can confirm, yeah. uh, yeah. as I am also that. Very, very valid. So yeah, it was. You're right. Anakin needed a strong hand. He mm-hmm. didn't get it. Would Qui Gon have been that? One can only uh, one can only suspect i think he would have been mm-hmm. um, I agree. so again as as being huge fans of of marvel as mark and i are in particular and enjoying the what if television series there's a what if for you what if qui-gon would have lived what if obi-wan would have died what if obi-wan uh, would have fallen yeah. to darth maul what would that have looked like i would love to see that story that would be seriously amazing. yeah because qui-gon was very i think 
and I love this description of him, but people kind of describe him as like granola Jedi. He was very like, <laughs> he, he was absolutely like it, like, I like that. Qui-Gon modern alternate that. universe drives an old Camry and definitely wears Birkenstocks and like right. listens to his boss, the Jedi, but yeah. like patchouli but and listening, still, listening yeah. to Jerry Berry. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And Uncle like John's he, band right here in the car. <laughs> Yeah, he he. You can see him push back against the council yep. in ways that Obi Wan doesn't. In ways that may have been productive to Anakin turning out differently mm-hmm. if oh, if yeah. you know that had happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm down with. It. I I totally agree. Yeah. So I I love that this movie explores that and and Mm -hmm. like i said the first 20 minutes you see everything that you need to see and we see it keep going through the movie of him pushing back against obi-wan and the council and uh and and again you know padme just kind of not helping there at all in in various different ways uh mass murder everything with his mother yeah it's like right like it's 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 so yeah, she's There's like a whole lot of stuff going. There on. was a there was a, I was talking because I was when I was watching this again. I'm 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 falling back to my buddy John, uh, talking about. He says, "Oh, Padme should have walked out of that shit immediately." But oh yeah. Instead, sploosh. Mm-hmm. There was a huge. Oh, that was the gift they shared with me. The big waterfall. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh my god. Jesus. That's it. How? Yeah. How would you? <laughs> If, if not- Rob would have walked up to me and been like, yeah, I just lost my mom, but also I murdered a bunch of people, I would have been like, okay, that's mm-hmm. where this ends. Yeah. Would not have been like, yeah. oh, that's delicious. not usually like, a pickup line. That oh, works. yeah. You got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bye. That's, that's, Bye. That's not how normal people propose. That's, no. uh, yeah, no, I'm no. telling you, my my 30th birthday, I proposed and uh, murdered a village. That was, uh, that's how I celebrated things. Hot. That's okay. You know uh, what? To teach their own, but yeah, not you know, that. it worked for me. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, let, favorite scenes. We talked about kind of a little bit about, yeah, some of them. I think we we've already mentioned. But uh, Abby, mm-hmm. any favorite scenes in this one stick out? Um, I do love the yeetening of Obi Wan out of <laughs> out of that. That's great. I think the, the yeetening should be the yeetening is the name of this episode, uh, Mark. Yes, Stop I love it. it. Right. Write that shit down right That's now. The yeetening. The yeetening. That's uh, please I'm, I'm in the wrong. notes right now. Um, I do. I I love that and the whole chase scene. I I don't know why this always makes me laugh, but when Obi Wan, I believe it's when he's on um, Camino, and he has R four like contact the council, and he says route it care of the old folks home to the to the <laughs> Jedi temple. Always yeah. just makes me laugh. I'm because you don't often see like little, little tidbits that are like, must be some kind of inside joke within, yeah, within right. the Jedi or something. It's always yeah, like, right. but I just, that makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love him in the diner with Dex because a it's the CGI is so awful. It's so <laughs> bad. And Dex is oh, terrifying that. looking. Cause when you I compare know. him he's to like, and his lips, and I know that he's older, but I have to compare it to like the Umbara arc in the clone wars. Pong Krell is arguably much more smooth as, as a character. And then Dex, just his lips are wrinkly and it's like terrifying. But does he, he has, does he still have that fat mustache? I don't recall. Oh, I don't. Uh, it's just bad. Gnarly. But yeah. It's not Mr. Toad's wild ride. There's no, 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 we don't know. Um, 
But he also has just, like, the oddest way of talking. Like, he's talking to Obi-Wan as a friend, but he has these, like, dramatic pauses, which are obviously for the movie. He's like, hmm, how big is your... Pocket. Pocket. And I'm just like, what are you... <laughs> You're like, like, what, little... what, what, what are you doing? Not gonna... I'm like, who talks like that? <laughs> um, well, that's, that's actually a George Lucas staple, because my favorite yeah. line is Harrison Ford being quoted like, hey, George... You can write this stuff, but you sure can't say it. <laughs> and then George, True. as is now plus, would just be like, exactly, <laughs> just yeah, flat, yeah. flat. Also, yeah. in terms of like scenery, uh, like you said, Coruscant at night, like right. the Lake District on Ooh. Naboo, the entire Battle of Geonosis. Like mm-hmm. again, I was in middle school when this came out, so I'm just sitting there, just like, wow, oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. But. <laughs> Um, right. I, I find more as I get older, it's, it's the little kind of funny bits like that, that I gravitate right. towards. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. True, true. For, for me, it's, uh, yeah, the, the you mentioned a lot of them. I'm, I'm going to give a special shout out to my favorite little dyslexic frog on ketamine, uh, having a lightsaber <laughs> battle with uh, an octogenarian. Friggin yes. hell. That is a great scene. My, my wife swears by that ups and up and down and again i, I watched it. the first i watched the first half of it and she kind of drifted and i'm like hey babe i gotta watch the rest of this for the show and she's like yeah all right i'll sit here yeah, whatever fine and i'm like well this is your favorite part right she's like yeah, I, I guess but it's get you know the, as of a whole i got the feeling she just didn't have the vibe but i know she loves that part yeah, I mean it is a badass scene oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in its own way I, I agree it's badass but it's also kind of like well, you got you like you said you got a frog fighting an oxygenarian, <laughs> so it's like, where's the pun? You know, where's the horse walking into a bar? You know what I yeah, mean? Right. So like, where's the yeah, right. the rest of the punch. Well, line? I mean, you could the joke writes itself. Like Obi Wan gets injured, Anakin gives him a hand, and then the frog has to clean it up. Right? It's uh, there's there's something there. I'll work on it. That I do also. Is oh, sorry, go ahead. Disgusting. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I do have to just on the topic of octogenarian Count Dooku, the fact that his little speeder straight up looks like a rascal, like it's like his Scooty Puff nine thousand. Yes. Like, I'm oh, just like my oh my god, oh my! I never made, I never made the connection. Oh my I god! Well, love that. If I could interject something that I thought was genuinely badass, as far as my favorite scene was the um, uh, the asteroid scene battle between oh. Slave, Slave One and and Obi Wan's Jedi Starfighter. Without a doubt, I could throw out the rest of it and just enjoy that shit. Hell yeah. Seismic I enjoy charges. the hell out of it. I was just going to say, that's the seismic charge right there. There's, yeah. And we got in, obviously, The Mandalorian in the latter half of season two because, you know, uh, Slave One has the staying power of the Millennium Falcon, though. The Millennium mm-hmm. Falcon was simply teased in a minor, minor scene in the in episode three where you know, you saw the Jedi craft landing after the, the initial scene when uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin were returning to to brief the council. You What was rumored in the, the you know, Easter eggs is that, oh, you saw the Millennium Falcon kind of fly in beneath and they had a different paint job. And it's like, mm, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but still, Slave One has had this legacy of, you know, 30, 40 years of just absolutely kicking ass. And there was no finer example than than what you saw in this film because it was in its prime, being flown by Django uh, before you know headless 
before, before the, the fatherless clone had to yeah. take heed of it. Yeah, I always kind of remembered. I hope this kid was really paying attention of how to fly that ship because after Daddy got, you know, the Ichabod train, uh, crane treatment, uh, well, he knew how to fly that shit because otherwise I think he'd be in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, with That's me... Fair unqualified i love that i've always loved the lightsaber action that you saw in this film um and again that hanger that hanger sequence uh not not explicitly the yoda bit because again while it's great it's also kind of silly but even just seeing the human characters fight you know seeing anakin fight dooku until the kind of random like uh randomly i'm cutting off your forearm you know it's just (laughs) Okay, I guess that fits the story, but still, I love seeing them do sure. what they do. I, I really I, do yeah. like it. And I, I do like that, even though it does, it is kind of random in the fight. Uh, I love that because, again, it, it talks back to an early scene of like, you know, during the speeder and Anakin says something like, you know, I thought I already did kind of rival Yoda as in, in my lightsaber skills, right? Like you see mm-hmm. that cockiness come out and even when he goes after Dooku, when he gets both lightsabers and he's just spinning and flailing and whatever, and Dooku kind of sizes him up. You see that kind of uh, elderly Obi-Wan kind of style when it reminds me of when he fought uh, Darth Maul in, you know, like the final Darth Maul fight. And it's, it's very kind of calculated and Dooku's just Mm kind of sizing this guy up and he's like, okay, this kid has skills. Like I see his moves coming from a mile away and I'm going to cut one of the lightsabers in two. And he does that. And then he's like, you know, I'm going to disarm him. And he, he does that pretty quickly. And, and then you see Yoda kind of step in to, to finish things. And, and that, that, that does two things. One that shows you that Anakin's cockiness and stuff. And like, he just took out a village and he did all this stuff when he let the dark side in, but when he's trying to do good, that hubris kind of takes over. So, maybe the anger did kind of help him in his sword fighting or something, but in this scene, he's not letting it in. Uh, So it's, yeah, again, there's, there's all these kind of allusions to what's going to happen later. And, uh, and I I love this movie for that. It's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, Favorite characters. Hmm. Go ahead, please. Abby. Um, I mean, Obviously, Obi-Wan and Anakin. I am nothing if not a simp for Ian McGregor. Um, <laughs> would climb that man like a tree. Uh, I mean, what? Um, I, Sp- spider monkey. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, I... Oh, man. I mean, like all of the main characters are great characters, and I love mm. them all, but I was... Uh, I love the little bits that you get on Camino of the clones, like unhelmeted and unarmored, like seeing that and kind of just seeing Obi-Wan going, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> uh, but I, again, like I, my bread and butter is like, I love all the Clone Wars stuff. So I was like mm. very excited when I rewatched this movie first, when I was younger, when it had been a while, I was like, I forgot like how much I love this. Like I love mm-hmm all of their characters and it it makes me a little bit sad that we don't get like more of um interaction between them as like individual characters like you would in revenge of the sith but yeah i mean i'm not good at making decisions so genuinely i would probably say that my favorite characters are like obi-wan anakin and the clones (laughs) 
Charlie? It's, yeah, it's it's very. I'm I'm not. I don't make decisions well. <laughs> I mean, the character who whose arc I could appreciate the most and stayed the most consistent in this film would be Obi Wan, because I felt everybody else was inconsequential or kind of all over the place. Anakin was pathetic. Padme was like, "Oh, we can't do this," but I've been dying a little bit since you're coming in to my life, and I truly love you. I said, "Shut the fuck up." Take me back to Obi-Wan. At least this guy has a mission, he has a mm-hmm. commitment, and he sticks to his guns. He's the one who is as less wooden as possible, mm. if that can be said for this movie, because everybody is a little bit two by four. Uh, unfortunately. Now, but yeah, well, oh, and, yeah, without a doubt, Obi-Wan is my guy in this film. Mm. Uh, I, I I can't disagree with anything you guys said. I I, I do want to throw out a, a point to uh, to Padme here, because when they're all uh, tied to the pillars and the animal bug things are are basically set out to kill them. Geonosis um, on, on Geonosis. Yeah. The uh, I when when the the Jedi are there, they're trying to figure it out, and she's like undoing her cuffs, climbing the pillar, and uh, Obi Wan's just kind of like, yeah, I, I think she's got herself handled, and like yeah. she does before the Jedi do, and it's just nobody like, needs oh, your bullshit. Hold Anakin. on a you're, second, you're, she's no princess. Exactly. She doesn't need any rescuing. She's got this under control, and she's gonna survive even if you two schmucks don't. Like yeah. she's a badass. Doing, I love this. Doing- doing better than you that was yeah, that was Loved that was it. better i um, totally agree also have to throw a little shout out to uh kit fisto just because he's uh, such a goofy little jedi with that like right. smile force push and like the the weird goofiness of just everything that he does in this uh in this movie um, live action kit fisto is terrifying, terrifying to lay your eyes on love it i had it seared into my retinas yeah. Yeah. somebody threw out there recently the difference between kit fisto and episode two and Kid Fisto in episode three, and they don't look anything alike. Nope. Nope. What have they and done to my boy by the time you hit Revenge of the Sith? It's like, come he's on. Like, he's like less like four or five tentacles. And like, how did that happen? <laughs> that's not that's not a thing that's super I, cool to be looking at. So yeah. thumbs down. Yeah. No, I, I in this movie, j- just that one force push and the smile that he gives is just so delightful. <laughs> I could watch that on repeat. I just, I need that gif to live in my timeline forever. Um, I will tweet that at you when the, we are done. Thank you. Yeah, I, appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, so let's, let's start wrapping up uh, overall importance of this film to the story. I think I said my two cents on this one with that first 20 minute rant. Uh, Abby, what do you feel is, is the, the overall importance? I think it's fairly important for setting up like how Anakin gets to where he is with his kind of like possessiveness over Padme and revenge of the Sith. Um, Obviously it brings about the beginning of the clone wars, which is also part of the entire downfall is, is kind of him having to deal with that and get taken like under the chancellor's wing and stuff. So I think it's fairly important um obviously everything that happens in the revenge wow in revenge of the sith is the most important bits that you see towards Mm -hmm. that but um it's up there it's up there i agree with you i think that without a doubt with minor minor additions to this film episode one is kind of unnecessary i know and i know i pitched that before Mm -hmm. because what happens in episode one that couldn't be transitioned into a line or two of dialogue in this film They'd simply be, 
okay, well, our, tr- our trilogy is now a duology, or perhaps we've somehow turned it into you know, a, a second film or a third film that has to do with the Clone Wars, and it's illustrated in that fashion. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, th- this is obviously very pivotal, but it also serves to eliminate the need for episode one at all, mm. um, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, what's lacking to jump ahead is obviously the, the script is, is, is a train wreck. Without <laughs> a doubt, it needed, it needed a better script. It needed a solid director who could, uh, who could evoke more solid performances, obviously, out of the actors, which did not happen. You had such talent here. Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, uh, obviously Samuel L. Jackson, and the, the ghost of Frank Oz. No, I'm basically Yoda. And so much more could have been done that was just absolutely left on the table because George Lucas was his own self-contained dynasty and nobody could stop him mm-hmm. because of what he did. So it's a shame. You know, I think the greatest success of the original trilogy is that you had some additional voices on the directing side. Irving Kirshner, who directed The Empire Strikes Back. Richard Marquand, who directed uh, Return of the Jedi. You got something distinct and something that could punctuate George's horrible dialogue and terrible ideas. You had to have a second <laughs> voice. Yeah. Because God knows, I mean, you've heard George's plans for his entire sequel trilogy would have been exploring midichlorians. Mm-hmm. So tell me if you think you'd want to watch that. I can answer you the question from my perspective immediately that no. <laughs> Yeah, valid, yeah, that's valid. Uh, uh, some valid points, and and kind of answers my my final question is is what would you change in in this one? So, Abby, is there anything you'd you'd change about this this film? I know it's it's top three for you, so that might be tough. Literally bouncing off of that, the dialogue and the directing the direction of the actors, like all of all of the prequels, is arguably bad in dialogue, and and there are so many um, instances where people have said like you know Hayden Christensen went so hard with some of his lines, and George Lucas had him dial it back, and it gave it a whole different feel, and even if the the lines were bad, like maybe just being able to act them in a way that felt more natural. Like you can take crappy dialogue and, and make it seem a little more natural, you know, with tweaks to the way you're acting it out. So that's, that's what I would change. And I'm, I'm fully like on the train of like, that is, it's bad. It's not good. It's just, it's a a huge nostalgia bomb for me, which is why I love it. But I, I, I am fully aware of how not good it is. The Stelzer bomb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you're able to look at it as an adult and kind of yeah. try to see, you know, what's, uh, uh, you know, where the bear sits, as it were. Mm-hmm. Objective yeah. and subjective are two different things. <laughs> Understandable. It's completely agree. Absolutely. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. So uh, thank you, Abby, for, for joining us for this one. I'm, I'm thank super you for having happy. me back. Yeah, yeah oh super happy you could come back. I think Abby every five episodes. What do you think, Mark? I think that I'll sounds like a plan. Yeah, like clockwork. Let it. Let's make that shit happen. She is a. You're a superstar. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely love having you on I'm, board. I'm honored. I'm honored to be here, especially on your like one year anniversary. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It was, it was meant. To, it was meant to be. Yeah, Charlie. Uh, thanks for for being being here for a year man this is this is exciting i'm i'm happy to keep uh keep on moving with the show here's to year two you got it oh absolutely cool well good deal well that uh that kind of takes us to the end 
Mark, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. this is the part where we talk a little bit about the social media. Well, uh, I, wanna, I want Abby to go first on that one for sure. Yes, oh, absolutely right. correct. Please. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under the name Kid Sidious with an underscore at the end. Uh, I also make music. Then it's all on all different platforms under a completely different name, which is Moriarty. Ooh, gotcha. Hmm, the arch nemesis of Sherlock uh-huh. Holmes. Yes. Another, uh, another Star Trek tie-in. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I know everything's about Star Trek for me. Well, you can find me uh, on pretty much uh, on Twitter. I'm at at the C3. Spell it out. C-E-E-T-R-T-H-R-E-E. Blah, blah, blah. Nailed it. Uh, find me over on Instagram <laughs> as well. I do post quite heavily uh, on all socials on the Secret Friends Unite platform. Uh, but I also represent our Star Trek, the Star Trek fan club I run with my wife, USS Grand Petoskey, active here in Michigan and across all social media platforms. And you can find me pretty much everywhere, Twitter and Instagram, especially at the underscore Canardian. Absolutely. Friends, as always, I'm going to thank you for, uh, to, uh, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. May the force be with you. Rex, play us out. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening. Yeah.